welcome to episode 31 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn Thompson-Rule and today I speak with the incredible Janelle Lewis. Now Janelle is a yoga teacher and practitioner, mentor and teacher trainer. And weirdly enough, this is the first time... (laughs) I'm sharing this with you um, that Janelle and I have actually spoken to one another. So we have just crossed paths, been in the same spaces but at different times and very much wanted to connect one another and share our views with one another and that's what we did on the show. So Janelle is an incredible light. She really, even through the course of the episode, just really helped me to change my perspective on how I see and approach things. And this is something that she has developed through her through her own yoga practice, which she calls a transformational practice. But I really enjoyed this. I somehow came to the conclusion that she embodied both power and calm. I mean, that was as creative as I could get or as artistic as I could get but you'll know what I mean you'll know what I was trying to convey (laughs) once you listen to it the first 10 minutes or so we have a little bit of background noise but that's all good so that goes after a while but as ever I hope you enjoy the show if you do please leave a review on iTunes and see you soon Janelle welcome 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 thank you so much for coming on to Fitness Unfiltered. How are you? I am really, really well, Jocelyn. I'm so well. And I am so grateful to be here because we've been trying to do this for a little while. So I'm glad we are doing it now. And I think that it was meant to be like as it is, but it's really nice to um, be with you. Yes, absolutely. And just to be very clear to everybody who's listening, (laughs) this is the first time prior to just pressing record, this is the first time that Janelle and I have spoken to one another, (laughs) which might seem strange and probably is quite strange, but it doesn't feel strange for us. But our paths have crossed at several, you know, moments probably more recently, I would want to say. And so we have messaged and so on. And it's just really, I just really wanted to have Janelle's energy on the podcast and in the show. And then when we finally spoke, we were like, yeah, it's cool. Like, you know, it's just us. It's cool. (laughs) I, I mean, it's like, seriously, it's so funny that I hadn't even considered I never really properly talked to you before. It's just like, yeah, it's my girl. <laughs> it's, my, it's my girl. Yeah. She's, I mean, and I was even telling someone I was getting, coming on the thing and I'm talking to them. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm on the thing with Jocelyn. Oh, she's great. Well, well. And I'm like, well, and yeah, Jocelyn, your friend you've never talked to before, but I said, I would say we're soul sisters. So there we go. Exactly. And selfishly, I now have to share that with everybody else. But I'm very happy to share that, of course. So Janelle, for people who do not know who you are, please introduce yourself and then we'll go from there. So I am a yoga teacher yoga meditation i also am a student spiritual practitioner my best and biggest job is mother to my daughter who's 16 francesca i'm originally i was born in philadelphia but i lived in the uk for 20 years up until this past february and then my Fortunes brought me to to back to America, and I'm currently residing in in Los Angeles in Marina del Rey, so pretty close to the beach, which is which is awesome. So I mean, yeah, that's a bit of who I am. I mean, part of my work as a, a teacher, and what I would even say to me is as an educator, is to really um, make 
yoga, wellness, spiritual communities and spaces accessible and equitable. And that's really, you know, we talk about in yoga, this sense of this thing called Dharma, which is purpose. And that is, you know, when I look at it over and over and over again, I look at it as that, you know, my purpose is, you know, someone that does participate in mainstream spaces as someone that is a uh, bridge builder Mm -hmm. and, you know, helps to start to open up these spaces and make them consider, again, are they accessible? Are they equitable? And if they aren't, like, finding a pathway to being able to do that. And um, and I specifically really talk about, yeah, again, yoga, wellness, and spiritual spaces because, you know, part of the foundation of these spaces is tr- their transformational practices, mm-hmm. right? You know, people are doing these things to transform their lives and to be, um, for lack of a better word, better. And um, so really in a good place to be able to be more uh, open to being diverse spaces and, and in these diverse spaces, really being able to hold whoever comes in their fullness, mm-hmm. you know, so not um, just saying we only want the acceptable bits of you, <laughs> please, yeah. you know, coming into you know, spaces where, you know, people are doing these practices to be well, to be healthy. And what I know is that to be able to be well and healthy, I need to be able to be the whole of me, mm-hmm. you know, and not, and not have to like push other bits aside that might not be seen as um, acceptable yeah. to some folks. Yeah. Amazing. And so was that always your intention when you started out or has that, become so over your years of practicing so literally it's so funny I started doing yoga when I was pregnant with my daughter and it was really you know around more fitness right you know I wanted to stay in touch with my body and 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 be connected with my daughter and and, you know I was doing asanas the physical physical activity but very quickly, I found the benefits of yoga, the mental benefits and the emotional benefits and, and just having more space, being able to be more present and also being able to be with things that were a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. Then I had this baby. And then, of course, like as I know, you know, the babies come and they take over everything. So you can barely get a moment to even like have a shower, let alone make space to, you know, go to a yoga session and or, you know, whatever on a regular basis. So I, it's not like I was doing nothing, but I wasn't really like practicing like with a, with a purpose or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of just focusing just on, um, you know, being a new mother and, and all the challenges that, that that had. Then fast forward to when my daughter's older, my marriage to her father was, was falling apart and, you know, we're getting a divorce and, and I was really not in a great place. I was like, everything was going on. I was depressed and anxious and deeply just unhappy. And I remembered I wasn't feeling good. And, and I was remembered yoga was something that made me feel better. So I started practicing all the time, like wherever I could, you know, in, in loads of different life spaces. And, and when I was practicing at that time, the spaces were very diverse. It was like at a gym or at a little the Buddhist center in Croydon or at a studio in Balham or Beckham in, in South London and you know, I, I was going along and doing this yoga and, and I was really feeling the benefits all around. And there was a voice. And so I'll say this as I got stronger on the mat and more present and, you know, could hold my down dog a little bit better mm-hmm. and things 
you know, I became a little more used to how things went in the yoga room and my movement became more organized. I saw a direct correlation with that, with my life. Mm. Like, you know, I had bandwidth to be able to deal with these difficult things of my marriage falling apart, of, you know, trying to navigate this space of um, being mainly the sole care for my daughter on my own, trying to figure out who I was as a person besides being a mother and besides being a wife. And I saw how doing this yoga helped me. I was like, oh my gosh, mm. I feel better. Mm. This is great. Mm. Oh, I'm sure this, you know, I had, and I remember I said, I'm sure other people, this would help other people. And I, a voice in my set head was like, yeah, you should teach this stuff. You should teach it to wow. to help them. And that literally was where it, you know, it it started. I definitely went to my teacher training with a view like, you know, I want to help people. I want to help people like me. And even on my training, I I was getting insights. It's like, oh, my gosh, if people with, you know, not having been brought up, in privileged spaces and, and, you know, you know how that goes. I, if they could do some of this yoga, maybe their lives would be a little bit different. You know, maybe they wouldn't. So, and I was having like all of these, you know, thoughts of, and, and when I was on my training, so I not, didn't necessarily go there with that in mind. I just said, I want to help people. But it started to become very clear to me that, the people that needed this yoga the most weren't probably in a position to get it. Mm. And then from there on, from my teaching, from the very beginning, even when like I was, uh, you know, like wasn't really making very much money or, or whatever at all, I was always still very like, you know, wanting to teach in the community. I think like one of my first classes on a regular basis I was teaching at this center, this you know community space, and you know black and brown mothers and their kids used to come along, and we would do yoga together, mm. and I would read a story, and the mom would do it together, and it was it was free. Mm. It was it was really it was no cost for these folks to come along and to do it, and they you know really really enjoyed it, and and also you know I was teaching in a high school. And to, to, you know, teenagers and, and they were coming from different backgrounds and they were like, oh, this, this is one of my our favorite lessons because afterwards we feel calm. We don't feel so angry. So I'm like really seeing yeah. how powerful this practice can really be for some of the folks with like, I like, you know, you know, people that are marginalized and, and, and minoritized and underestimated, mm. you know, from, from communities like that, that this can really start to undo some of the trauma that you naturally are exposed to when you are, you know, marginalized, minoritized, or underestimated. Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah. And it's just, and it's just grown and grown and grown um, from, from there. And, um, you know, again, I'm really incredibly lucky because I have been able to teach in some of these more mainstream spaces where like big brands want to do things with me, but I am always very vocal about, you know, equity and people being, you know, people feeling like they belong Mm -hmm. in, in spaces and about like, being accountable, you know, accountable around that. And, and also really grateful that, you know, in some of these communities that are more marginalized, they accept me coming in and like playing my hip hop yoga and we just do the yoga without mats or we're doing it in a library or whatever space that we or a community hall, whatever space that we can use and they can connect with the practice because folks have someone that, you know, they feel like understands them mm. and not trying to talk down to them mm. and tell them that the way they live their lives are bad, but to say, well, here, this is something that really helped me. I want to invite you to, to do it. And, and I really, and you come as you are, yeah. 
you know, so you don't have to be having fancy leggings. You don't even really even need a yoga mat. You you can just come and we can just breathe and move. So I, I feel very lucky to be able to be in different spaces with this, what I would call, you know, my activism with the with practice. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And so what I love about what you just said is that you took this practice to any space because when I visualize a yoga space, I'm kind of like it's all zen and there are candles and it's just this space that you walk into. And so by virtue of being in that space, you are more relaxed to a degree. But what you have done is you have taken people to a space they're familiar with and even if there isn't even a yoga mat which in my mind is delicious because I can't even that I've never even thought of that but for you to go okay this is what we have this is where we are this is how we're going to do it that is really getting them to embody the practice because if they walk into this laid out space where everything's there for them it's not an easy way to become more relaxed, but it's kind of, you know, nice and laid out for them. We get into like a, a trap and, and listen, Jocelyn, I love the candles. Listen, you come to my house, there are so many <laughs> candles. There's, there's this, there's that, there's the other. But at the same time, what I and this is just something that happened for me in my life. When I usually really, really need the yoga, there won't be a candle or incense in sight. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm really going to need to ground into these practices and those moments of my deepest challenge. There are no incense. There are no Tibetan bowls. Yeah. Right. <laughs> is going to be me and whatever it is. And I think that is really you know, important that it's like, it's great to have the accoutrements, but really what we have all the time with this practice is is a practice of self-awareness, a practice of embodiment, and a practice of liberation. And that, you know, as long as we have ourselves in our breath, then we have access to the practice, you know, and like, listen, like my fancy leggings like everybody else that I got like I can open, open up a yoga mat store with the amount of different <laughs> mats that I have whatever. but at the same time when it comes down to it you know we don't need these things to, mm. to do this practice and access this practice mm. and I felt like some of that stuff again is it's a little bit by design that people think they need all of this stuff and they have to go to this place and pay whatever kind of money for a class and, and whatever so they can access the Zen or the calm. And it's like, no, I'm here to let you know that those things are great and no one judges you if you can have them and you do them, but equally you don't need those things. You don't have to be hooked up into thinking that mm. if I don't have this, 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 then then I can't get there, mm. you know. And it's like, no, that's not true, you know. If you can sit and you can breathe, then we're already halfway there, yeah. you know. If we can, if you can show up as yourself with your breath and your present and intention. And we are most of the way there. The rest of it is just the icing on top. And, you know, I know that is to be true. I know that to be true. And I think part of, again, my dharma, my purpose is to remind people of that. Like, you know, we all deserve to be well. We all deserve to move our bodies joyfully we all deserve to breathe with ease and we all deserve to rest mm. you know like there are our rights it's no one it's not like these sets of, this set of people gets to do it and these other set of people don't get to do it so you know I'm, I, I really really work to try to clear some of those things up and um, 
I do see in yoga, especially, you know, there is an image of who is doing it mm. <laughs> and who gets to it. You know, it is especially in, I think, more in, in yoga than maybe some other areas of fitness, health and fitness is definitely very white, very a white woman that's bendy, mm. that's able-bodied that's cisgendered, mm. younger, and wealthy, affluent. Yeah. And that's been marketed. And I think that's a disservice to everyone. Yeah. You know, that's not, I don't think that that helps yeah. anyone. Even the people that are held up don't really, you know, they're not really benefiting from that. So, you know, it's up to, I feel like people like you, people like me to say, you know, like everybody's welcome, mm. you know? Yes. And. Mm. and what I love is that, and you know, obviously you're not doing this anyway because, you know, you've talked about your dharma, you've talked about your purpose, but you're not just giving lip service to accessibility. You're giving people the tools to go, hey, you've already got everything you need. Just recognize that first and you're, you're halfway there. So again, as you say, the mats, the everything, the candles and, and absolutely who doesn't love a gorgeous candle and mood lighting and to be in this beautiful space. But what that does then is disconnects what we have right here in ourselves to just sit and be and breathe because I absolutely agree that health and wellness can be a very expensive practice like it just can be but I think lots of people now and I hear it all the time oh it's, it costs money to be healthy it costs money to be well and I've just wrapped up a project where I talk about that and I just say, well, look, let's start with what you have. Do you sleep? Yeah, you've got your sleep. Do you breathe? Yeah, you've got your breath. You're alive. So you've got your, you know, your breathing. Let's try and have a look at those because you already do that. That's already in your life. Okay, great. You've got those foundations laid. Okay, cool. Let's go, you know, onto the next level. Because I think people think about whether it's the gym membership or yoga space membership or whatever, that all of that, you know, isn't available to them because of how much it costs or whatever, or indeed the space that it's in, if they don't see themselves within that space. But what you have done and are doing is saying, no, it starts right here with you and you don't even need a yoga mat. And so this is the great one of the the one of the great things about COVID and lockdown. Everybody was having to do it at home. Yeah. So we took away. I feel like this this thing has been a great leveler in things. We were all at home. There was no, you know, other place for us to be. And the amount of fitness content and health and wellness and content, like literally people were giving it away. Yeah. So we're in a space. And then also some of the barriers, like, uh, you know, and even myself, like, you know, I've been practicing for a while and I've gotten around to different spaces. You know, even when I'm going into a new space, I'm kind of like walking in mm. softly being very quiet and looking around and observing. And I totally get that some people, you know, coming in some of these spaces is so often, mm. you know, you feel like you might breathe on something wrong. But when we were all during COVID and, and lockdown, that, that was not an issue anymore. It's like you were doing it at home. You're doing it in your own mm. space. You can make it as zen or as less zen or whatever. And guess what? Anytime I teach you, I'd be like, go ahead, turn your cameras off, right? You could be, I don't even need to look at the look at you doing whatever it is you're doing or, you know, whatever. And it just, again, brings the remembrance and it got people, people were in the parks, Mm. you know, outside, walking in their neighborhoods, taking a walk around the block. It's like, 
I under I do get now I'll say being healthy is an investment. Yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah. It is an investment. Yeah. It does cost. Mm-hmm. It costs your time. Yes. You yeah. know, it costs your presence. Yes. You know, it you know, and your energy and that you wanna be in it, you wanna do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is an investment, but you know, there I feel again now we have so many ways that we can access it that, you know, is really where I come back to too is again having the diversity in in, in people and body types and ages and gender presentation. That's again where we get back to it's like, okay, so these spaces are a little bit more open, a little bit more accessible to people. Let's, who are we even like, who are we seeing in the spaces? How are we being able to access people? And I think that like where, especially folks that do have larger platforms are, or are made more mainstream, you know, have more privilege, then this is a way where you can say like, listen, I'm here doing my thing, but I have a wonderful colleague that's an older teacher. And it's like, if you're older and you want to be fit, you might want to check these classes out. I have someone that is trans person teaching fitness and we're going to create a very inclusive space. If you are of that identity, someone that is a death that's, you know, doing, doing classes for folks and, you know, promoting people to say like, you are, you know, they're here and they're accessible to you. You can take a class with them and, you know, being able to be in a physical space is no longer an an issue, you know, an issue. Like there are more online classes Mm -hmm. and there are more, offering so but you know again still having to you know like get it out there get the word out there that these practices are for everyone and there are a multitude of people teaching them and there are a multitude of people doing them and um and that it doesn't have to I know again fit into this standard that you know again doesn't really hold up that doesn't is it isn't is harmful for the people that it holds up as well yeah. so and i mean and i i think you're you're very vocal and, and really great at doing that to jocelyn oh, and I, I think that that's you know <laughs> we know really i and you know i'm in your work and in talking about it and, and just saying that like yeah, you know, we want to be fit, but we want to also have a balanced life. And, mm. you know, a lot of people are mothers and women. And, you know, we want to do these things, but, but also in a balanced way. So I, um, yeah. I just kind of like really feel that if we keep just saying like there's space for everyone to be fit, there's space for everyone to be healthy, and there's so many different ways that you can do that. And all this fit and healthy is based on the individual. It's not based on some ideal or standard. Let's get that clear. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's not like it's not around what makes Jocelyn fit and healthy. Yeah. Right? You know, because we need is gonna be different, much different than what I need. Just yeah. to say that these things are self determined and it isn't, you know, by a person by person basis. Mm-hmm. And you know, so much of that is you know, part of that is it's almost like a a self-discovery practice in a way, isn't it? Because if we have these visions of what, you know, a yoga, you know, someone who does yoga regularly looks like, and if we have these, you know, images of what, you know, fitness looks like, and of course, you know, I'll always point to places like Instagram or, you know, kind of visual platforms, then you know, you're just not then people are like, well, I'm not that. So, you know, I'm not fit or I'm not sporty or I just started working with a lady today and she was saying to me, you know, I was never, I was never sporty at school. And so I've just never thought that 
I could do fitness or be fit. And I said to her, well, we're going to start with where you're at now. I'm not interested in where you were before, whether you felt that was fit or whether you felt that it wasn't or that you weren't sporty or whatever. I'm looking at you right now. I'm looking at the body in front of me. Let's see where that's at. And then we move forward and we build from there. And so much of her view of what being fit was, was in the other people at school, you know, some of her family members who do whatever at the gym. But it was like, no, let's be here with you now, because this is the one thing that you get to work on, which is your, which is yourself. And, you know, we we spoke briefly just about how much I think mindset matters within this. And I believe, you know, if we look at professional athletes, so much of their process is around mindset, is around their belief systems. And so, and that stands for them and that counts for them, but it also counts for us. And it, you know, means the same to us as well. And so part of that self-development piece that, you know, finding where you're at and what your body needs, that takes a lot of going in. And as you say, being present, being in the moment, being in the moment, being where you are. One of them, Ryan Flaherty, who's the head of performance at Nike, he, he said a phrase that, you know, be where you're your feet are at. He he uh, spoke of that from the coach he'd worked with. I can't remember their name, but it was just like, be where you are right now. And that's enough. And let's build from there. Because if we've got that comparison the whole time, then we're not starting with ourselves, which is where we need to start, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it seems so simple. And yet we've got so much coming at us. If it is picking up a yoga magazine, if it is picking up a fitness magazine, we're already bombarded with what that looks like. And when you don't find yourself there, you're like, okay, that maybe that's not for me. And, you know, as you say, when you walk into a new yoga space, you just, you know, move in there gently, kind of check it out, check out the vibe. And it's the same thing with gyms. You know, I've been in gyms for as long as I can remember. But when I step into a new gym I haven't been in before, I need to check where everything is. I need to just kind of do a scan of the room. And they're intimidating spaces. And I, you know, they're almost like a second room to me, but as someone who's been in them for years, they're still intimidating spaces because you just have to scope it out, check out, you know, what the vibe is. And so for, to be able to say to everybody, there is a space for you. That's an amazing thing. And it's a really important thing. Because I really believe that there is, Mm. you know, and I know that we have to do you know, whatever sort of movement, like we need to move, like let's make, and, and I'm also like a person that's like yoga's like been like, it's, it's my thing, but I do other stuff besides yoga as I've got, there was one point it was like yoga, 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 but now like I do other stuff besides yoga because also my relationship with movement as opposed to like when I was a younger woman has changed where I'm like doing this movement because it's good for because I like it, mm. <laughs> you know, it's good for me and I like it, you know, it's twofold and because it's not as a punishment, yes. it's not to get a, a summer beach bum or, you know, any of those things, which I don't think is anything wrong with that. And I'm not judging that like I used to, but it is literally because it makes me feel good. It enhances the quality of my life. It keeps me in my body, keeps me where my feet are, right? You know, and breathing and that I feel like every there's so many things that folks can do find something that you like you know and I'm telling people like don't be doing this shit you don't like because you won't do it (laughs) but don't like I mean if you just detest something and it's not like oh I find it hard or like whatever but you know like sometimes it's just like this isn't there's so much to do there's so many Mm. things that you to move that's going to be like empowering and, and whatever and I'm like you, you know run yeah hit I started something about hit class <laughs> dance I'm dancing doing dance workouts mm-hmm. and things like that like for me you know strength training whatever like whatever it is you you like to do do it walk walking yeah you know and 
then that's going to give you, like you say, around this mindset, you know, this is, I like this, mm. you know, so the days it's hard, right? The days when you don't, you can go, this is something I like to do. I'm going to get up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It, it makes it easier to do. There's something that you don't really, that, you know, it's like, I'm not saying this, that it's not going to be hard sometimes, but you do want to have movement that is um, some joyful mm-hmm. movement. Not just like, oh, now I'm exhausted, yeah, yeah. you know. Not just punishment or, yeah, yeah for thinking of yoga, some, that there are some poses where I'm just like, oh, is that as far as I can get? Okay, good, great. That, that needs some work. <laughs> you're like, yeah, are you all you're there? Okay, that's as far as you're going? Okay, great. We need some work, Jocelyn. But talk to me a little bit more about yoga being a transformational practice. What do you mean by that? I mean, this, the practice of yoga is meant to, and this is what it is. I mean, and I know some people will do it because it helps their back and they do it because it helps them with stress. But yoga is a practice of, is of liberation. And that is from, you know, being any projections that your mind has about state of being that yoga helps to liberate you and free you so you can really see yourself as you are Mm. and what we are is joyful whole and divine Mm. so this practice this intent is to tap into that into that space and not a space of you know kind of rewiring your brain right changing your mindset Mm. that you know Sometimes we we have these like weird ideas about ourselves and doing these practices again that are around transformation, transforming, moving from the small self to the bigger self that helps to shift for, you know, shift your perspective around things. And, um, you know, we do talk about a lot in yoga, we talk about, you know, gratitude and, um, having this attitude of, of gratitude and, you know, helps to open open up space and you start to look at things more expansively and differently. And so that's, you know, why we, you know, we call it a transformational practice because it is, you know, the transforming the inside, looking towards the inside helps to inform our actions on the outside and how we participate in the world, you know, and with other people. And this really leads on to, you know, when we were were talking about some of these big injustices and things that are happening in society around racism and and bias and, you know, prejudice and and bigotry, where like the practice of yoga can kind of help us to start to look at some of these things and, and be more clear around them and realize that, you know, what we want for ourselves and we should want for other people. And that if I'm not, you know, if other people aren't living free lives, you know, if other people are being oppressed, Mm. that I have a stake in that as well. Mm. It's like for me, like, and not yoga. If you you study the scriptures, yoga is a practice of social justice. Mm. And that kind of brings on to when people were putting out all the black squares and all the BLM things, that big movement that happened around the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really in a space where I really want to hold folks, especially in yoga and wellness, accountable because I know they have the tools for this critical thinking, mm-hmm. for this self-study, and to really start to make the world in their own spheres of influences and even wider spaces that are equitable and anti-racist mm. and that we all, you know, come and feel like we belong and that there's not one, you know, people that are, you know, one, you know, one, one set of group that's at the bottom and other folks that, you know, that are firm, firmly at this top. And, um, so, you know, it's been very interesting to see how all of this plays out. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, you know, as you say, at the height of everything on social media. And, you know, I thought of you so much as, you know, a black woman in, you know, a predominantly white space. 
where your energy was being pulled because I thought, well, Janelle is in this space. People are being, you know, want to be and need to be educated. Are they going to pull on Janelle for that? And I, I said to you before before the call, I I didn't message you because I felt you were already very much burdened, particularly because of the space that you're in. And it was, if I sent a message, it was just, I'm, I'm sending you love. I just want you to know that I'm sending you love. I didn't even want to ask how you were because I thought to have to even give any more than just a, a read of the message, you know, to have to even respond would be taking from a huge amount of energy that I felt you were, you would have been expending, you know, at that time. It's really funny because if this had happened at another time, that probably really would have been the case for me. But I've been in this work for a long time. I know this work. I know how it goes. I know how people that are just interacting with it, how they are. And and so I already have boundaries around it. And yeah, I already have boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I was able to interact with like the people that I felt were serious. And then the other people, I just, you know, okay, it's fine. But it wasn't, you know, it was heavy because I'm in America and I see these things going on. But at the same time, I could still go right. You know what? The people are capable. And what they want to figure out, they figure out. And there's so many resources that were put on put online that I did feel like, okay, here's a point where I can offer what I can offer in the space that I can, and I'm comfortable doing that, but no more than that. You know, yeah. and um, you know, lots people were asking like to for me to go live with them and that mm -hmm. and I would be like no I'll offer my thing that I'm going to offer yeah. and I'll work with folks that I feel like get mm -hmm. in and leave the rest of it to be however it is mm -hmm. you know and that is still how I, I look at the you know look at it and I know you were holding me and you messaged and it was all gratefully received but I did say you know I'm going to harness like what is going on and say some things but at the same time you know really has some definite boundaries mm -hmm. around it like I can't save everybody mm -hmm. I can't educate everyone and really the reality is that what again these practices give us is the tools for self-study yeah. but to also do in community with other people that are learning and finding their way so yeah yeah so it was you know and we're still working and we're still you know learning and people are still orienting themselves and figuring out the lay of the land in their anti-racism journeys because it's definitely a journey mm -hmm. and all you know I'm and you know when I'm here and doing the work in the way that I'm able to and that I feel comfortable with doing. yeah so yeah. yeah amazing and just you know, and again, what we spoke about briefly before we started recording was that, yes, you know, particularly in the summer, it, it just felt very heavy. It felt like, you know, there was a, a period for me personally where I was just kind of, I couldn't think of of anything else. It just, it just felt all encompassing. And I definitely, a lot happened. My father passed during that time as well. So a lot was going on. And I definitely didn't have those tools to, I mean, to say I did or didn't have boundaries, I think I sort of shut down a little bit. I was just like, okay, I'm just focusing on the kids. I'm just focusing on my, on my husband. I'm just, I kind of had myself a bit wrapped in a uh, protective bubble but sort of you know two three four months on I became very aware that I you know I had a 
a sense of, of numbness and that felt like I need to do something about this. And I wasn't able to differentiate what from what, you know, why am I feeling or not feeling this way or whatever? Why, why do I have no feelings currently? <laughs> and I knew that that was, you know, a miss for sure. But I then, what I am grateful for in my, in my thought process was, okay, I'm not feeling anything. I remember heading into, you know, the pandemic and just being like, oh, I feel like I'm breath holding here. I feel like when this is all done, I'm going to exhale. And then after a while, I just didn't have any feeling. And so I'd taken the decision, I need to do some healing. I need to look after myself because I'm not, I don't have any feelings right now. And so what you're saying around boundaries, I mean, I think part of being, you know, a trainer for sort of 17 years is that you do, you know, primarily through pretty bad or annoying experiences, you you very soon learn how to sort of, you know, build boundaries, certainly around people's energy. But the kind of taking care of your, of yourself piece, I feel like I've only developed since I took the decision, you need to now go and do something for yourself because you're, you're disassociated from yourself and your feelings right now. And I'm wondering, as I'm listening to you, I feel like now I've developed those tools so much better because I I basically, you know, asked for help, which is something that I I was less used to doing, I suppose. And a friend of mine, Corey, you know, he's like, Joss, you don't ask for help. And and he's really helped me to ask for help more. Um, But it just seems like you had these wonderful tools and correct me if I'm wrong from saying that part of that was from exactly as you call it, this transformational practice that is yoga, that even during a time of, of heaviness and, you know, heartbreak, you still had tools to use. It didn't mean that it didn't, you know, suck at the time or whatever, but that's incredible. And it, and it then really does show you not only is it transformational for, you know, as you say, it helps you to sort of um, see yourself from the outside, but also during times of, of high stress. And let's not forget just this, this pandemic in itself is still a very stressful situation from the, the not knowing from the, you know, we're not able to predict the future in any way to be able to manage yourself as much as you can within those stressful times is amazing. And what, what power you have given to everybody who didn't enter the, the beautiful Zen place with the green plants and the nice yoga mats wearing their, you know, however many pounds leggings, you gave them those tools in the library without the yoga mat without. And so they're also able to carry that, that through. And that's an amazing gift. Yeah, and I think a big thing too is like, and what, and and I think a real good place to, you know, really hold this community that we were all experiencing these things together and that we can galvanize around the common experience Mm -hmm. that the transformation can really happen and be whole held is it being witnessed by other people, you know, people witnessing you and people being with you and, you know, even, you know, we're being in community, having people just send you a little message, you know, having, doing IG lives and, and people coming on and, and, you know, doing your Zoom classes, mm-hmm. actually being able to go into the studios and go to gym classes and things is that I think the, the power is in the community, yeah. the collective, and the collective transformation, mm-hmm. doing as a collective doing these things together yeah. not doing it in isolation I'm, I'm a you know I'm this heroic person that does this on my own but like doing it together like just like we're here now talking together mm-hmm. our shared experience mm-hmm. you know and witnessing that for each other mm-hmm. just so powerful yeah incredibly powerful and absolutely I mean it's such just this powerful time really I mean we're all here in this you know, you're still 
you know, most days I'm like, oh my God, are we still here? And we didn't see it, right? We did not see this coming for love nor money. So, you know, what's the, um, that Baz Luhrmann song, I forget what it's, what it's called, but he repeats, you know, several times, you know, wear sunscreen, don't worry, you know, and then his point around not worrying is the things that you, you know, should be worried about, you won't even know because they'll blindside you on a Tuesday when you're walking down the street and you least expect them. And that's what I feel like COVID has been. And so it's a really interesting study into human behavior, you know, and how we respond to different things and how we come together as a community, which I think has been incredible. But just also standing back, observing our own behavior, observing the behavior of, you know, of others. There, there, There's definitely, I feel I've had more compassion for the actions of people who I may have, you know, disagreed with what they've done or what they've said or whatever. And I've had to remind myself, this is a time of stress for, for everybody. And people are not necessarily acting in a way that they would if we weren't in the middle of, you know, this pandemic. Yeah. And that's, I mean, again, like you say, the word compassion, you know, and that we are, they can just present differently in people, but, you know, we are in this thing together, even though sometimes people's actions are like, I'm confused with a mask, please. But, you know, that we are, our, our fate is collectively tied together. Yeah. And I, for me, on my good days, I feel like that that's incredibly empowering, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. like, it's a lot of work to do, but there's a lot of people to do, to, to do this work. Yeah. So, you know, and if we all do our bit, you know, uh, all do our bit around, you know, some of these issues that we see as humans, mm-hmm. right? That overcome them, you know, mm-hmm. that we do. And that's one thing I think about humans, um, something that we, no matter what, we always want to do better. Yeah. You know, we do always want to do better. My better might look, will, will look different than yours, but that there's this constant, this thing of wanting to move upwards, you know, to, to really, again, like live a little bit better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, a friend of a friend of mine used to say that. Um, Brian used to say, um, "My goal for tomorrow is just to be a little bit better than I was today." And I think that's just a really nice. Um, it's a nice view. It's a nice intention as well, isn't it? To yeah, people, everybody does. You're absolutely right. Everybody does want to be better, and it and it absolutely looks you know different for for everybody. And we may even disagree with someone's better. <laughs> But their intention is in, you know, the right place. And so, Janelle, what is your vision, I suppose, for five years' time, 10 years' time in this health and wellness space? Oh, wow. I, you know, again, what would make me happy is that we don't have to have conversations around inclusion, diversity, Mm -hmm. equity. That would be, it would make me, it would make me happy that I can just like get along with teaching, yeah. you know, whatever it is flow that I want to teach in that day. Yeah. That would make me happy that some of my work becomes obsolete, that I would not have to be doing it in that way anymore, yeah. really. Um, but until that day comes, I'll be here holding people accountable mm-hmm large spaces, I'll be engaging in those spaces as a bridge builder, and also I'll be a part some a person that is willing to move outside of the traditional matrix and to help build other spaces for people to engage um, in these practices yeah. and to be well and to be happy and to be free. Yeah, amazing. That's a very, very, very attractive vision to me. So I'm very hopeful. And actually I do, I, maybe I'm optimistic, maybe I'm whatever, but I do believe that, you know, that is possible and it's so important. And 
I just believe that that can can happen. So, and with all of the amazing work that you do, it it absolutely will happen. So, I would not consider myself to be <laughs> of yogi quality, Chanel, unless some of our listeners also feel that way. Um, where would you say to start? Because I would say, oh God, you know, like I'm so bad at yoga. I'm so, you know, I just can't do it. And I can sit and I can meditate and I can do those elements. But what's your starting point for somebody who's like, yeah, I'm not sure that's for me. I would say go online to a free resource, right? So you're not even you know, you're going to do it at home and you find a something that is 10 or 15 minutes that you can do. Yeah. And you start there and then you build it up from there. And, you know, and there's all different types of yoga. <laughs> yes, all different sorts of yoga. Oh my goodness, my daughter is coming. <laughs> They're all different types and you can do something that's slower. You can do something that's faster. But I would say start somewhere small. If you're going to start, start somewhere small mm-hmm. and, and and be consistent. So maybe you only have, it's better if you did, did something 10 or 15 minutes, three days a week, then maybe a big binge once every two weeks, right? So small, consistent, something that you can commit to and the time of day that, you know, the morning, you might have more space, the evening, you might have more space, but again, something that's going to be manageable that you can commit to. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it also helps to have like an accountability buddy. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. I just set that up for a group of women that I'm working with. I'm like, all right, names down. He wants to be in an accountability group (laughs) because it's just so much easier than going it alone. Right. If somebody else is like, yeah, no, come on, we're doing this. Then you're like, okay, you've got to be accountable to someone else. So, so, so important. And I also love that you've talked about those bite-sized chunks of time. And of course, as ever, people know that I always love this part, the consistency piece. And it is just showing up, isn't it? And doing that three lots of small chunks a week. And as you say, then a binge. What does a yoga binge look like, Janelle? You know, like sometimes people are like, oh, I did this 90 minute class. I did this workshop. And then it's like so much, right? And then they don't want to go back and do anything. It's, It's overloaded their body. Whether you, you know, you're turning up and doing your thing 15, 20 mm-hmm. minutes, three times a week, mm-hmm. the body can embody it a lot more. Yeah. It's, it's going to be able to digest it. So that's that's more what I'm at. So like, you know, again, moderation with these practices. Yeah, always, always. Oh, Janelle, you're just like a breath of, I'm not going to say a breath of fresh air, a breath of, just really calming and powerful air at the same time. It's wonderful. And I feel like everyone listening to this will just feel this calm power all at once. I don't know why I'm saying those two words at the same time, but that's that's what it feels like listening to you. Janelle, where it's can... So, <laughs> you're welcome. It's been so nice to talk to you. Um, where can you find yes. me? Where can you find me? Always, so I'm on Instagram, Jano Yoga. Mm-hmm. I have a website, my name, JanoLewis.com. Yep. And uh, I have different like online offerings with um, on a platform that you can access on my Instagram and on my, my website. Fantastic. So if people want to find me, they can always find me on those spaces. I'm really, really grateful to be able to speak to you and your community. And um, yeah, like I'm here, come and find me. Yes. <laughs> Back in the UK sometime next year. So Amazing. And, and, and we might actually be able to see each other in person. And maybe we might even be able to have a hug. I mean. <laughs> I know, right? That would be amazing. Oh, that still seems like so far away, but no, it's okay. It will happen. It will happen. And and I will very much look forward to that. Janelle, thank you so, 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 so much for all that you do and all that you are, because you, yeah, 
calm power. That's I don't know why I've got those those two words, but that's what I've decided. So, <laughs> so thank you so much, and thank see you, you again. You. See you again. See you for the first time <laughs> when I see you. Oh, thank you, my love. It's so nice to talk to you. And you, my darling, lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.